welcome into another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. And I'd like to give them a special shout-out once again today for sponsoring this show and uh, for helping us travel so much, literally. Uh, Mm -hmm. We are road-bound once again this afternoon as we head to Dallas, Texas, to take a look at some of the top offensive line prospects in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, big guys like Evan Neal, uh, Iki Aquanu is going to be there. Uh, well, we're going to talk about him later. Um, but a special shout out to the great folks at Men America RV, specifically Josh Schmutz, who for some reason keeps sponsoring this program. Well, I mean, he's a great guy. He's a great time. And I feel like anytime we go to tailgates together, we all have a blast. So the fact that he does sponsor the show and joins us on a lot of these trips, too, it's always nice, especially up in Kansas City. I'm excited to see him this Sunday. I know, Mel, you're not going to the game, but I am with some friends back home. And I'll tell you what, I am ecstatic about the old football game this Sunday in Kansas City. I know we'll talk about that probably tomorrow as we break down in the game. I do have a little bit of take. I'm feeling with the Chiefs, of course, shocker to nobody, but... Excited for this trip that we're taking today to Dallas as well because this might be the first time in a long time where I'm going to go watch another group of guys like work out and do stuff, and it's going to be like I'm the small guy in the room. And it's oh, been a minute since I've felt that way. <laughs> and I looked up the size of these guys, and they're all about 6'5", 6'6", 6'8", 320-plus pounds. And I'm just like, man, these this guys. This is a very large draft class. I just right. don't want anyone to be like, yo, big country, you think you can do this? And I'm going to be like <clears> – <throat> Absolutely not. I'm just going to say that right now. Do not suck me into any workouts with these guys Hope whatsoever. You're wearing athletic clothing. This is what I'm worried about. <laughs> Tomorrow. Yeah. We already have you signed up. You're doing three different That's things. also kind of what I'm worried about is that you and Matt have kind of conspired this idea of like, hey, Duke, let's get yeah, our guy in there and see also, what he can do. Yeah, to the great Duke Mannyweather who's letting us come down uh, and take a look at some of the guys that he has there. And uh, I plan on getting to this in the second segment, but we're already there. He has done a great job over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and I feel like people are really starting to take note of it. Last year, uh, he had Creed Humphrey down there, and, and Trey he had Smith, Sean Slater. Both of those guys, at least those two, are phenomenal rookies. Yep. And what they're doing in Creed Humphrey, uh, this isn't just our Chiefs bias sh- shining through. A lot of people have him as one of the best centers in the league. Yeah. Even though he's just a rookie, and I think a lot of that is because of the work that he has done with a guy like Duke Mannyweather, getting him yep. ready uh, for the draft and for not just the draft, like not just coaching you through, hey, these are the drills that you're going to do, hope it raises your draft stock, but also like getting them ready for the pros. And, I mean, the mental side of it too, you know, breaking down tape and, you know, kind of going over plays and what their roles is and responsibilities. I mean, Jeff Schwartz has been a part of it as well. So, like, the fact that you have guys that are that have been pros in the NFL and been successful at being a pro in the NFL and are willing to come help and, like, you know, give their tidbits of information. I say Jeff Schwartz. I mean, Mitchell Schwartz helped out, too, as, in, you know, as Chiefs fans, we're all very aware of who he is. And so the fact that he's involved in any way 
helps these guys up right from the start. So uh, it's going to be awesome to go down there and see it firsthand and see kind of what these guys are doing and how they're getting ready for the NFL draft and the combine. Maybe I can get some tips on, you know, what I should be doing for the combine in terms of start and explosion as a big guy. Yeah. That might be something I asked, you know, an Evan Neal. Like, right. so I know you're from Alabama. You're already pretty good. But like, any tips for the 40? Yeah. Because there aren't, you know, two guys just like, know that try Just to like bro to bro. Like, I get it. Like, we're all training for some type of combine. You know, one's for millions. The other's for hopeful for charity and to pride. not turn Achilles. Pride. That's a <laughs> big one. I don't think one. we've ever raised any money. <laughs> uh, 30 bucks. <laughs> Uh, a lot of the attention went to Matt just roasting me and not so, so much the charity aspect of what I was hoping for it to turn into. Yeah, maybe this year we need to do a better job because for new listeners who maybe aren't familiar, uh, every year you do this big country combine. This will be your third annual big country <laughs> yeah. combine. And you after the first one, you did say, like, I'd like to turn this into something that we do every year. Last year, we went pretty big with it. Mm-hmm. And... It, it killed me. Yeah. yeah, it was a little bit unfair, really, because I did train pretty hard for it. Uh-huh. And then got to the actual event, and I was like, we're going to do the 40 last. And I was like, hey, like, this is the big country combine. I pick the order. We can change I lost that up. battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this year, uh, Matt was talking to me about it the other day. I think it was last week. And he's like, oh, are you doing it? I was like, yes, like every year. What part of every year do uh-huh. we forget about? And he's like, have you been training for it? And I just kind of give him like a, ah. <laughs> Not necessarily on the sprinting side. I've been to the gym a couple times. <laughs> no. I hit the treadmill. I, I'll sprint to my car. It's cold outside. You know what I mean? I'll get a little oomph in there. By the way, get I Get the hammies a little popped up a little bit. I tracked the official blockage from your apartment to the office today. It is four blocks. Is that really all it is? It is only four blocks. And I will tell you, there is also a lot of empty parking lot to walk through. I think it's like... Two and a half blocks if you cross some parking lots. I'm talking like stoplight to stoplight. It's four blocks. So I really should be walking. Maybe not when it's like super cold out. It's four blocks. <laughs> I mean, there's people in New York that like four blocks. Exactly. Are you fucking so You live four blocks from your office and you're hopping in your car, driving degrees, out of a parking garage. Pounding snow in New York. And they're like, oh, at least I only have to walk four blocks. Better grab today. my scarf. <laughs> you know what? I will take the gloves today. And my ass is just like, nah. I think it could be really good for you, though. It probably would be very good for me. Just, I mean, get your steps in. I mean, I'm at a point where we were talking about it the other day where it was like, you know, I take my car to Whiskey Dicks and I'll leave it there. And I used to hate having to do that walk because it's like, I'm just going to walk home drunk. I'll be fine. That is two blocks. I'm very aware. But when I first did, I was like, oh, these two blocks are going to take forever. Now it's like, I get a nice little two block breeze, you know, to start my Sunday morning, go get my car, and might grab a cup of coffee right there. And just like, oh, living the life hungover as hell on a Sunday. Which, by the way, Whiskey Dicks is another bar that we frequent. Yeah, yeah, let's make that very clear as well. <laughs> it, it's more that is little, the like name. A, it's a little weird name, but at the yeah. same time, it's a great spot. <laughs> uh, should probably clarify. Not a good it. situation. Yeah. Great bar. A lot of people that listen to this show don't live in Joplin, Missouri. They're like, did he just say Whiskey Dicks? Because I think he did, and I'm not sure what he's talking about. Yeah, and their logo's a goat with a hat. So, yeah. Name of a bar. Um, we also had some news. Uh, we'll be traveling to Mobile, Alabama. That's in just two weeks. And one thing that I can't I can't believe, but I feel like it has to happen soon. We haven't had any head coaching vacancies filled. We have eight of them. Senior Bowl is in two weeks. 
no, none of these teams have a new head coach. It's pretty ridiculous. Every day, I've been trying to like track it and keep in mind, like, okay, I've heard this guy's a favorite for this job, that guy's a favorite for the other jobs. It's it's just a jumbled up mess. I can't mm-hmm. keep it in order. And even like the who's the favorite situations. Uh, we were talking about Eric Bieniemy, how he's probably the favorite for the Minnesota job. And then I heard. Uh, the other day, uh, yesterday afternoon, that there's another favorite for the Minnesota job. I can't remember who what, Brian Flores. Maybe it was a defensive coach. Mm-hmm. Like how there can't be two favorites. <laughs> Not how that word works. Yeah. Favorite is one. So I don't. I didn't even know what to believe. Who to look to? There are just so many vacancies that it's really it's hard to keep track of this year. Uh, I found a list of teams that on NFL.com of their official, like this guy has interviewed with this team for the head coach and their GM, which was very helpful for me. And I'll tell you the two guys that really stood out that a lot of teams are interviewing was Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. That man's name has been tied to almost every single job. Very much so. But there's a part of me that like some people want me to be like, Oh, totally get it. You know, like help revamp the Cowboys defense this year. But at the same time, I don't know if I really get it. Like we've already like we saw him do this a year ago in Atlanta, and things just crumbled. Now, how much was his fault with the front office aspect of things, or player development, or whatever we want to call it? They had that one successful year where Kyle Shanahan was his offensive coordinator. The next year, Matt Ryan had a, pretty much a better season, but I believe his offensive coordinator became uh, the co-editor guy who was with the Buccaneers. Pretty much got fired, but it was like after that they struggled. And you get one good year in Dallas, who was kind of healthy. You hit on Micah Parsons in the draft, so that always helps. So pretty much all I'm saying is how much credit – are we giving Dan Quinn too much credit for the success that he had in Atlanta with Kyle Shanahan and then the one year in Dallas? Right. I actually – I think we give coordinators too much credit for being successful on one side of the ball. Kind of like what you're talking about. Like, oh, great, he turned around the Cowboys' defense. That doesn't mean he's going to turn around the Chicago Bears. Yeah, you know, or some of these guys uh, that have come through the ranks and been like really good special teams coordinators. But it was like, okay, you haven't controlled one side of the ball, but that's fine. We see that you are going to be a great head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of great offensive coordinators who have come through, and they've had very successful offenses, but they're not good head coaches. So I don't know why the NFL hasn't looked at that yet and been. I just figured it out. Like, it, just because you're good at offense doesn't mean you're going to be a good head coach. But we still continue to just look at coordinators for head coaching spots. What makes a good head coach? I mean, like, what do you have to do to be a good head coach? Be a leader, I I think. Set the tone of what you're going to do. Like, for Sean McVay, I think it kind of works for him, if you want to call him a good head coach, because he is so good at offense. Mm -hmm. But he has to be paired with a good defensive coordinator, or they will not be good. And I think that's, like, understanding and fair, too, but at the same time, it's – like, you look at a Mike McCarthy. Dude won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. That was it. After that, it was like he stayed up there, like, so high. He's like, okay, they won a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is quarterback. They're going to be good. And then they get in these awful time management situations, and then they lose at the end of games, and then there's a falling out. And it's like we're seeing that again in Dallas. Kind of surprised he hasn't been fired yet, especially yeah. if Dan Quinn's getting as many interviews, and so is Kellen Moore. And there's a lot of speculation around that Dallas job as well of maybe they keep one of the coordinators and elevate them to head coach. Or even I saw it yesterday too, kind of like what Notre Dame did. 
you hire the defensive coordinator to be the head coach and you try like hell to keep the offensive coordinator and then you know you can bring in other guys around them i don't know if mike mccarthy's going to stay the head coach i don't have anything against him i don't know him personally it doesn't seem like it's working out for him no like he he does a really good job of getting teams to like the playoffs but i don't know that he's getting you over the hump to where you're contending for Super Bowls. Well, like it's just those end one of game. Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's a success. I don't either. And it's like he's just lived off that hype since then. Right. And like that's just that's been it. Yeah, and continues to kind of to do so actually. Another name that's been rumored around a lot is Todd Bowles, who's mm-hmm. the Buccaneers defensive coordinator. And those are both guys who have had head coaching jobs before. And this seems kind of like the year of the uh you know, going after and giving a guy a second chance. Todd Bowles, Jim Caldwell, Brian Flores, probably going to get another one. Leslie Fisher. There's so many guys. Doug Peterson. So many of these guys and the list that I just ripped off right there. Those are all guys who have interviewed for the Chicago Bears head coaching job. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that kind of shows what they're looking for in a head coach. And, um, you know, I, what was the other team that said we're looking for experience and leadership? I think it was the Broncos. Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we're going to see some of those retread guys this year. And I don't hate it. Uh, I think a lot of times you can look at some of these guys and the situation just wasn't great and kind of fell apart. That's kind of where I'm at with Dan Quinn. I didn't love a lot of the moves that the Falcons made, so I do wonder about him getting another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Caldwell is like a fan favorite. Everybody loves Jim Caldwell. I don't and- remember him being that great. I know he like had some success with the Lions. And that's very hard to do, so maybe he needs credit for that. I still can't believe that Doug Peterson is not, like, the favorite for every job. Especially as, like, an offensive-minded guy who won a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles as his quarterback. And we look at it now, Carson Wentz, hey, I spoke very highly of Carson Wentz. I'm trying to take as much of it back as I can right now until he's good again. It's going to be like, hey, maybe I was just three years early. That's it. It's okay. Uh Part of it. Probably not going to happen, though. But the other thing is, like with Doug Peterson, he was able to kind of change the offensive play calling depending on who the quarterback was. And when it was Nick Foles, it did change where the offense became very efficient and they moved the ball down the field and they could score. Now, a lot of those throws that came from Nick Foles, I think he got kind of lucky on. I mean, especially in the Super Bowl, like there was that one call in the back of the end zone where it was like, eh, was that really a catch? Too busy celebrating. F it. We don't want the Patriots to win. Touchdown, Eagles. I think one thing you ask, like, What's it take to be a good head coach? I think so many of these guys come into head coaching at every level and say, this is my system that I'm going to run. Mm -hmm. We will find players to do it. But guys like Doug Peterson look at it and say, okay, Carson Wentz is our quarterback. This is how we can run the offense. Nick Foles is our quarterback. This is what our offense is going to look like. It probably stays pretty similar. They're not too different. But Mm -hmm. I think head coaches that come in there and look at what they have and are able to adjust. Even Belichick with that defense sometimes. He came in as like a guy that I'm going to run the 3-4 defense. This is what we are. Now, they don't even have like a base defense. Mm-mm. Like You can't look at their personnel. You can't look at how they call plays, what what's out there, and say, oh, they're a 4-3 team. They're a 3-4 team. Sometimes they have a two front. So, I mean, it's just ridiculous what they're able to do and how they're able to adjust year to year or play to play week to week with what they have on the field. I, I think they do a great job of that. Andy Reid's another guy who – I don't know that he really adjusts, but he really finds guys that fit his system. He might be the one guy that's like, I have a system. This is what it's going to be. But even with Andy Reid, I love him. 
He's won one Super Bowl. And it yeah. took getting Patrick Mahomes to do that. 100%. And that's why I don't really put Andy Reid on that pedestal. Like I've said it before, Mike Tomlin and Sean Payton, I think they are extraordinary coaches. Does Mike Tomlin have two, or does he have the one? I know he has at least one. Was he and on staff? I mean, as a head coach, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, even looking at him, it, it takes a lot to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that Ben Roethlisberger was that great that year. Uh, Sean Payton's won with uh, Drew Brees, where it's like, okay, you had Drew yeah. Brees. That's they went to two, though. Lost yeah. one, one, one. And uh, I, right? For me, with those guys, it's the fact that they've had continued success. Yeah. And Andy Reid's up there, too. I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on Big Red. I no. love that guy. But he's he's been successful almost everywhere. If they can find a way to win it in the next three years, I'm including this year. Like hopefully, if they can, like I think he goes up there as like one of the. I think he's kind of already up there, but like in a lot of people's minds, it's yeah. like. Eh. No, I like, agree. If I feel like if they can do it this year with the weapons that they have offensively not being that great outside of Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, I mean, you know what I mean, like. I know that's kind of how they did it the first time, but you also had the addition of Sammy Watkins. Damian Williams was running the ball efficiently in the playoffs. He's already kind of established himself as a weapon that could explode and make a play here or there. But I feel like this team, this year's team is so different that if they do, I do feel like a lot of that credit is going to go to Andy Reid and that coaching well, staff to kind of make things happen. between a one-time Super Bowl winner and a two-time Super Bowl winner. 100%. A one-time Super Bowl winner, you, can, you can't luck into it, but you can – Oh my God! I have a really good team. Who I won it with? Who was Baltimore's head coach when they won it in the early two thousands? Uh, Brian Billick. Yes, like yeah. I see him as Super Bowl winner. It's like what the fuck? This guy won a Super Bowl. I have a hot take. That's what I think about Tony Dungy. Like congratulations, oh. you had a great defense and Peyton Manning. <laughs> a lot of guys could have won that Super Bowl. Yeah. And by the way, you beat the Bears. With, like, fucking Rex Grossman at quarterback. I think about – that is the one team in Super Bowl I think about that probably lives rent-free in my mind, where it's like the fucking Bears were in the Super Bowl. I remember that as a kid. It was like, who is the Bears quarterback, Rex Grossman? And then two years later, I don't even think he's on the team anymore. Right. There's like, nah, this guy and, just – Or even look at him and be like, wait, who was the head coach of that Bears team? Lovey Smith. Yes. <laughs> not a good head coach. He's not even coaching in college anymore, I don't think. Is he? Uh, or did he, he get another job somewhere? Illinois. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So back to these head coaching uh, interviews and stuff, though, on the list that we have. I'm looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars, unless I'm just completely missing his name on this list, have not interviewed Brian Dable. And I don't know if it's because, like, playoff games and he's just not available. It doesn't even look like they've requested that. Why the fuck not? Dable's a weird one. Because, um, like, last year it was, like, a hot commodity name, right? But, like, now this year it's, hey – we have a quarterback, we have a running back, and we have some receivers, and we have a ton of cap space that so we can probably go buy a receiver in this free agency if we want to or can get lucky to do so. And Brian Dable, it's not like he's not interviewing. He did interview yeah. for uh, who's the Bears' job. Yep. I don't. The Texans haven't called him. The Jaguars haven't called him. I don't know. He interviewed for the Dolphins' job. So I don't know. He's he's going to be an interesting one, I think, along with Eric Bieniemy, And it mm-hmm. might fall into that category, like I said, of guys that are really good at running an offense, but maybe you don't want them running your entire team. I don't know either one of those guys either, but I think it will yeah. be interesting to see what happens. Because you're right. Like, he was the hot commodity last year. Everybody thought he was gone. 
And a lot of people blame the way that the interview process went last year of, okay, the Bills made a deep run into the playoffs. They didn't really have that opportunity for him to interview. Well, this year, it's different. These assistant coaches can interview, even if the team is still in the playoffs. Uh, we've seen Eric Bieniemy do it already. Brian Dable take a couple of them. Uh, both coordinators with Tampa Bay are interviewing for spots. So I don't know. I don't know why there's not that big push for Brian Dable this year. Maybe we'll figure out um, that he's not good at interviewing either. I feel like at some point it's just like, hey, is he having success in the current team that he's with on offense? Apparently he's got an idea. Let's get him a good offensive coordinator. Because, I mean, I look at this, and then I just think, like, these guys are hot commodity names. And then we look at the Eagles, and it's like, you fucking hired Nick Sirianni out of nowhere because he was just conveniently there in Florida with you on vacation. And apparently the interview went well. Yeah, I was going to say. I, think I don't know who his defensive coordinator is. All I know is they had Jalen Hurts at quarterback, and they still found a way into the playoffs. Granted, they got smoked in the first round, but you made it with the first-year head coach who botched his initial interview with the media. And uh, the Eagles' defensive coordinator is Jonathan Gannon. He is set to interview with the Broncos. I saw the Eagles' one. defensive coordinator. Yep, because uh, I was a little surprised on that one. It felt a little bit early. Uh, the Packers are in real danger of losing their offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. And quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Denver has interviewed both uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who's the Packers' offensive coordinator. And Luke Getze, who's the Packers' uh, passing game coordinator, quarterback coach. So Denver knows what they're doing. But at, on the turn, it, it sounds like Dan Quinn is the favorite for that job. For Denver? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please. Please go there. <laughs> you think so? If I he goes to Denver, it's like, yeah, the defense might be good, but the defense has yeah. been good the entire time. That like Since 2010, I don't think I've known Denver to have like an awful, complete shit defense. It's been like, hey, these guys, they have good players. They're good. They can make plays, yada, yada, yada. And this is just going to come off as a cocky, biased Chiefs fan. I don't feel like I've ever worried about the Raiders' defense or the Broncos' defense. The Chargers with the pass rush, yes. The Broncos, you did for a little bit because they were able to just get those late-game turnovers that would help their offense get the ball or they would score off of it. So, like, they've had those moments. But I'll be honest, like, I never saw Khalil Mack Make an impact in a football game against the Chiefs. I think you have the a same with Vaughn Miller bias, or Bosa. Well, I mean, I, when Khalil Mack was an All Pro in two different positions, I was kind of stunned because, I mean, one, I hadn't really watched any of the other Raiders games. I was so invested with the Chief, on the Chiefs, but like even watching the Chiefs game, I never felt like he made such a difference or an impact in the games or the game plan. And I, a big, you know, credit to that is because of Mitchell Schwartz being the right tackle. Yeah, but that's recent though. 100 percent when yeah. Von Miller destroyed him and the Broncos were going to Super Bowl. I mean, he wasn't necessarily blowing up the Chiefs, though. Like, I don't feel like he was the huge impact on that in those games. I, I'm just saying, like, strictly against the Chiefs. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Recency. <laughs> yeah, over the last three I mean, three I'm years. going all the way back to probably 2013. Again, that is in I don't know probably in the terms of recency. I wasn't That's when they had Peyton. A bandwagon fan then. Like oh, the Chiefs! The Chiefs in 2000. That's when they got Reed and Alex Smith. And I do think a lot of Chief fans, though, tend to forget they weren't good a couple of years ago. Years, as in ten years ago, yeah. 
five years ago. The Chiefs were good five years ago. They weren't like nobody was worried about the Chiefs five years ago. No, they were more the up and coming. Like okay, hey, they well, won like the, the division. Broncos. People were worried about the Broncos probably five years ago. I feel like that's when they started to fall off. Mm-hmm. But that's why I say like. I also feel like we're thinking five years, but we're probably meaning eight because the five years ago mark. I don't know. I, I feel like it Alex seems Smith closer than what it is. One good year with the Chiefs, but no one was worried about the Chiefs that year. Yeah, because that's the year that I, I had a bet with other buddies of like, no, they're going to win ten games this year. And the other friends that were current Chief fans were like, nope, no chance. Because even when they had like that Jamal was five Charles, years ago, they weren't. Good. Yeah, that was oh, 2017 before they got Mahomes. Mm-hmm. No one was worried about the Chiefs. No one took them serious, even as division winners, because Denver was so good. I don't even remember how we got on this topic. I don't either. I think it was in terms of like if Dan Quinn takes head coach job for Denver. Yeah, I would be scared of that because that defense and what he could do there with that secondary. And then if Dan Quinn takes over as the head coach in Denver, it's, hey, I'm going to bring this guy as my offensive coordinator. But then it's like, who's your core? I mean, that's still going to be the, the ultimate question. Is who's and your, a lot of people. If they get uh, a good quarterback, let's say they get Dan Quinn as their head coach. Okay, so defense. Defense, then we're expecting them to be good. Who do you have at quarterback? And it almost doesn't matter who your offensive coordinator is. It's who's your quarterback because right. they have the playmakers on offense like they do. In their offensive line, they've rebuilt it. The only thing they are legitimately missing to be a, consider- to be a serious threat in the West and in the AFC is a quarterback. Yeah, and that's where a lot of people are looking at Aaron Rodgers. Do you put in some <laughs> some feelers out with text messages to his agent and say, hey, what's Aaron's playing here? You know, because if, if I'm Dan Quinn and I know Aaron Rodgers is going to Denver and that's where he has his heart set on, <laughs> yeah, I'll take that job. Yeah. Like, I'm not considering anyone else. I'm not looking at Chicago. I'm not looking at Miami. If Aaron Rodgers is in Denver, that's a no-brainer. You take that job. For who? Anyone. Any head coach? Okay, yes, absolutely, head coach-wise. But yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to make his – because he's still got to be traded, so I think he's going to pretty much kind of dictate where he goes, right? Is yeah. he is he can he be traded? Or is he free agent after this year? Traded. Uh, well, they said they were going to work with him on where he wanted to go. Yeah. So I think it'll end up being like a Matt Stafford situation, assuming they kind of keep their promises there. Which who knows if they'll even do that? Yeah. I think they should. I mean, shit, he's done really well with them this year. And I wonder. I don't remember. I wonder what's written actually into that contract. I don't view Aaron Rodgers as like a, yeah, I'll take your word for it. You'll let me go where I yeah, want to. That's I think it's point. probably specifically like, I'm going to give you three teams that you can trade me to. And then they will. I still wonder like if Aaron would want to go to the AFC West. Like you have to deal with Justin Herbert. You have to deal with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And you have to deal with the Raiders if Derek Carr's there. I, just, I don't think that guys like Aaron Rodgers are worried about that. I don't think for some reason I I do like I think like this point in your career you want a guaranteed run to the playoffs. Yeah, but I think Aaron Rodgers looks at it as probably I'm the best quarterback in the league. I'm not worried about what Patrick Mahomes can do. Man, like I feel like I get that because like you're not facing them, but at the same time it's part of like how good is our offense and how good is our defense? Because like Tom Brady, mm-hmm. there's a reason he went to the NFC South. There's a reason I think Aaron Rodgers decided to ultimately go back to Green Bay this year is because that division fucking sucks. 
But even with Brady, like we talked about not too long ago, the NFC South was good when he went there. Like people were high on the Falcons and Matt Ryan. Drew Brees was a saint. The Panthers were kind of a, the Panthers. Yeah. But now, like since Brady's gotten there, it's kind of fallen apart. Drew Brees retired. Yeah. But, you know, Drew Brees and the Saints never kept Brady from like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to go there and compete. Yeah. He looked at that whole roster like they have in Denver and said, yeah, well, I can take them over the top. But with the NFC South, you just had the one – you just had the Saints story about it. And they beat him in the regular season. So, like, you know I mean? There is that you lost to them in the regular season. But you look at Atlanta and it's like, well, they have Matt Ryan and they have Julio. Julio's been battling injuries. Matt Ryan can't fucking move out of the pocket to save his life. And then you had the the Panthers who were like, eh, we'll see what they can be. I feel when you look at the AFC West compared to that, it's the Chargers are up and coming. They're probably going to go buy some more offense and defensive players this year with the money that they have. The Chiefs are going to remain competitive. And then the Raiders, it's like you just never know which one you're getting week in and week out. Mm -hmm. But to me, I do look at it as the NFC South was good currently. Yeah. The AFC West, oh, man, there's potential over there. With the Chargers who didn't make the playoffs, <laughs> the Raiders who made the playoffs but got their ass kicked, the Chiefs who are good, but Andy Reid's about to retire. You're probably going to lose some of those targets. So I don't think it's something that – I can't imagine, and again, I'm not a competitive guy. I can't imagine anyone in the NFL being like, nope, don't want to go there because I don't want to compete against this player. They're like, oh, I don't want to take the Dolphins' job. Josh Allen's good. You're going to find somebody in every division. Yeah. That's like the NFC West, Matt Stafford wasn't like, don't put me on the Rams. I don't want to play against the Seahawks, Niners, and Cardinals. Or J.J. Watt, who went to the Cardinals, yeah, was never like, oh, can't compete in that division. Don't want to go there. And that's J.J. Watt. So I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy who's like, oh, fuck those guys. I'm about to show them who's still king in the NFL. I would be surprised. Which I if, don't think he is. But I was going to say, I feel like that would, I would, I would ultimately be surprised if that is his mindset. Cause I feel like he kind of, in a way looks for the easy way to get the victories. I still think that he probably stays. I would, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. if he I does. think he stays for another year. Kind of like Brett Favre did like that. Oh, I don't know if I'll be around. Psych. I'm here. Yeah. It's August. We'll go in the division. And then maybe the year after is like, okay, I'm ready to go somewhere else. Could the, can the Packers afford to keep him though? And pay Devonte Adams. Cause they're going to have to do probably that. Probably because they're already paying him so much. Just a 35. I think that's what he's getting paid this year is a 35. Yeah. I don't know what he would go up to. But even if he goes up to 40, that's not that much of a jump. Also, who else can afford him? Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. Because the teams that you look at that could afford him, they already have quarterbacks in stone. Who? The Jaguars. I mean, they have the Jets, Zach Wilson. I think the Niners, I don't know if they're up there, but like Garoppolo, Trey Lance. They have Trey Lance, yeah. And then like the Chargers, Justin Herbert. So Yeah, a lot of those. Those are the teams off the top of my head that – I know have the, the cap space. Again, I don't know if the Niners are up there quite yet. Yeah, but they're definitely not. Well, <clears throat> no. I say definitely not, but they made a, a little bit of a run at Rodgers last year. Yeah, and Watson, too. This, like, that should have just happened with Rodgers. They should have just pulled the trigger. Not got so offended and actually made the, <laughs> you know had a discussion about trading him. Uh, Devontae Adams is another guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with him. I think he's kind of tied to... Rodgers in a way that if Rodgers does decide to stay, I bet Devontae Adams takes that franchise tag. 
Yeah. Last Dance Part Two. <laughs> like last Run dance, it back, you didn't boys. leave, so uh, yeah, I'll I'll stick around. I'll, I'll stay here, but uh, I don't know. And um, another comment that was made by Mike Tomlin is that he might be looking for a mobile quarterback this year. Uh, he was quoted as saying, "Man, quarterback mobility is valued not only by me but by everyone." I, I he hasn't ever had the opportunity to look at quarterbacks. It's gonna be his first chance. That's like, they've looked at some backup guys, Mason Rudolph, brought in Dwayne Haskins, but now you're looking for a franchise quarterback. They haven't done that in 20 years. Yeah, especially if he's valuing mobility, and if they do go through the draft, and that just immediately speaks Malik Willis. Yeah, if he's there. Yeah. And again, Senior Bowl coming up in two weeks. That will finally like shake itself out as the who the top quarterbacks are and who they're not, uh, which leads us to our next little segment. But first, let's mention our great sponsors at Miners and Monroe. Go visit them at minersandmonroe.com. Use the code MikeUp10. Save yourself 10% off at checkout. Again, that's minersandmonroe.com. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure to visit them at Gunspot.com. No reserved auctions every single week. That's the spot for your guns, your ammo, accessories for your weapons as well. Also, it's not a matter if, it's a matter of when danger can present itself and may arise. So make sure you're in a position to protect you and your family with Gunspot.com. Try that three times. Got Jesus. it. Jesus. <laughs> Finally. Uh, finger slipped. Right. I was like, we're just going through all of them. Speaking of the draft, uh, two prominent mock drafters released a mock draft this morning, actually. Mel Kuyper Jr., who is the godfather of all mock drafts, released one on ESPN. And another mock drafter that I follow, Dane Brugler, with The Athletic, both released mock drafts today. I thought it was very interesting. And both of these are behind a paywall, so I don't want to necessarily just rip it off and read pick for pick what they did. But I was very surprised at who Dane Brugler had as the number one overall pick. A guy that I've really liked all year. Not going to lie, I just thought that maybe I was seeing something that I was wrong on. Because I don't know how to scout offensive linemen. <laughs> I really like Iquanu out of NC State, though. And that is who Dane Brugler had going number one overall. Ahead of Evan Neal. To Jacksonville? Uh, to Jacksonville, number one. And... I'm not going to say he's wrong. He obviously knows the position much better than I do, but I was very surprised to see. I haven't seen anybody put anyone except for Hutchinson, Thibodeau, or Neal at one Mm -hmm. so far. And Dane Brugler comes out this morning. I don't hate it. I think he could be a very good prospect. He's got experience at guard as well. I do think some people are maybe a little bit worried about his length, but thankfully for us, we're going to get a good look at him tomorrow. Uh, because he is one of the guys that is working out with Duke Mannyweather as well. Yep, and he's another massive human being. Um, you know, we go to Mayock as well, looking at his, and his number one pick, again, was to Aiden Hutchinson, someone we just mentioned. I don't understand why people are tying another defensive end to Jacksonville or another edge rusher. You have Kayvon Chason and Josh Allen, and they've been studs. Why are you going to throw in another one? And, like, I get, like, oh, hey, you know, it's never a problem being able to get after the quarterback. Like, you have issues on the offensive line. And they haven't been, like, awful. They haven't been great. They've just been kind of in the middle. And if you're in a spot where you can get, like, a franchise left tackle, like an Evan Neal, if you hit on that, why would you go after another edge rusher? Yeah, and as I actually I thought the same thing, and I almost put it in the rundown that 
Jacksonville would be stupid to go after a pass rusher and pass up on some of these tackles. I did get to looking at some of the other offensive tackles, though, that are in this class. I, I kind of agree with taking the pass rusher almost because there's not as many good pass rushers as there are good tackles. So I think it's almost a situation where it's like it's a win-win for Jacksonville. But if do you, you need a, the edge rusher, though? Or is it just you like need one, but it's just like nice to have. But you're not going to get another pass rusher like Aiden Hutchinson in round two. Yeah. You might be able to find a pretty good tackle. I think it all depends on what do they think about Walker Little. Do they think he can emerge and be a good starting left tackle? Because he struggled at times last year. Yeah, and but, he was coming. I mean, he missed that last season in college. There was the injury. Exactly. So it's like kind of getting I really liked him too. Mm-hmm. I liked that pick even when they made it. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know how well he did this year. I also I blame a lot of that on that coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's another thing you really have to look at with the roster too. Is how much of it was it just Urban and a staff going? Ah, it's a little different than college. Kind of a little bit in over our heads here. Yeah, yeah, but with uh, Jacksonville and like what they could do, I wouldn't be surprised if they do take a pass rusher and then wait until the second round and say, okay, now we can go after a pretty good offensive lineman. So it's just it's not as stupid as I came into the morning thinking it was. Because <laughs> I did. I had it prepared to say the Jaguars are stupid if they don't take a tackle. Whether it's Evan Neal or it's Aquanu out of NC State, they should take one of those guys. I still think that's the route they should go. Pass rusher is great to have, but you do kind of have two of them. Yeah, and I don't feel like that's been your issue in pass rush. I mean, your pass rush won you a football game last year. Josh Allen versus Josh Allen. And the one from Jacksonville right. won that battle. Granted, yeah. it was a 9-6 to six football game, but a win is a win there. And it was because of your pass rush, making plays and getting turnovers and scoring off of it, that helped you win that football game. And another thing that makes it so difficult is they don't have a coach. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, you, you know, a certain head coach would look at it. Maybe a Dan Quinn type would look at it and say, hey, yeah, give me another pass rusher like Kayvon Thibodeau. I'll have this defense ready to go. Walker Little's good enough at left tackle. Did he play left tackle this year? Or was it Cam Robinson? Uh, I don't expect you to did. know that answer because I played. didn't pay attention to it at I all. Think, yeah, I didn't pay close attention to like, who they're playing at left tackle. Uh, I know Walker Little played some games or at least some snaps at left tackle because I watched him and thought, ooh, not looking great. Again, because I was so high on him coming out of the draft. You know, I was watching him as like, a, oh, crap, I think I missed on another guy. <laughs> I don't know. He's still young. And like you said, he missed his last season at Stanford and then decided to enter the draft anyway. So he was maybe a little rusty. But I don't know what the Jaguars are going to do. And I don't think that anybody can look at it and definitively say right now, this is what's going to happen. And with a lot of the mock drafts, you look at it, and it's not what Dane Brugler would do. It's not what Mel Kuyper would do. It's what they think is going to happen. Yeah. And a lot of people seem to overlook that or just don't understand it, which has always kind of confused me with this. And also, like, why are you getting so fucking upset about a mock draft? Like, right. let's be honest. It's none of them are probably going to hit as, like, that successful rate. You always have the crazy things happen. The Raiders go nuts with it. We'll see who goes nuts with it this year. I mean, we've seen the Seattle Seahawks take a running back, and it was like, why in the world did you take Rashad Penny right here? Yeah, they're supposed to be like Finally, it paid off the last four or five weeks of the season. It was also, like, three or four years ago. So... About time that first rounder hit for you. But the one thing that everyone loves to talk about in these mock drafts and this year is the quarterbacks. And we didn't see the first one come off the board for Mayock until number 11 with Washington. 
What are your initial thoughts on the fit with Malik Willis going to Washington, that offense, and the situation? I love looking at mock drafts. I know there are a lot of people who are like, I don't really do it. I do my own thing. That's the way I am with podcasting. Um, I don't like listening to other sports podcasts. Yeah. Because I I feel like I get, like, too similar to what they're doing or too attached. You just become a microphone of what they're saying, and it's like, "Mm." And I hate that. So I pretty much I tell the truth Wednesday. I don't listen to any sports podcast. I don't either. At all. I've kind of stopped the whole podcast listening thing. Yeah, like, and I know a lot of people are like, hey, check out my podcast. I'm sorry. I just kind of have a thing. I really appreciate you listening to our podcast. I don't listen to sports podcasts, though. Yeah. Um, and some people are that way with mock drafts. They're like, I don't want to look at Mel Kuyper's mock draft because I don't want it to influence my mock draft. Yeah. And I totally get that. I, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy, pal. I love looking at these mock drafts. And both Brugler and Mel Kuyper have quarterbacks going off the board at 11. They have two different guys. And I love that because both of them are senior bowl guys. Kuyper has Malik Willis going off the board at 11. Brugler has Kenny Pickett going off the board at 11. I don't know if you could have two different quarterbacks. Like the One is incredibly athletic with a strong arm that just kind of needs to hone in on the accuracy. Didn't play in like... Uh, against big opponents. Kenny Pickett, been in school for forever, doesn't have the strongest arm, not the most athletic, can do it all above the shoulders. Does this kind of to Washington make them feel like, well, RG3 or Kirk Cousins? I think it also just goes to show that this early on in the process, nobody knows what they're talking about. I have no no clue. (laughs) Clearly, two of the best in the industry can't get it figured out with what Washington wants to do at quarterback. Do they want the super athletic kid? Do they want the super experienced kid? I don't know. They don't know. I don't know. We don't know. Uh, but it is, it's just fun to look at and see. And I'm also a little bit surprised that both these guys had quarterbacks coming off the board at number 11. I've been wondering, like, when it will actually happen. And I know that we all say that this quarterback class sucks and uh, these guys are expected to fall. I wouldn't be surprised if a team like the Panthers took a quarterback at six. Really? Yeah, I mean, I think that Matt Rule is really feeling the pressure. I mean, like, as he should. <laughs> I mean, during the season, it was, hey, you're firing your offensive coordinator. Let's get this fixed. Yep. So now I think he's feeling a little bit of pressure to win. you got to have a quarterback to do it. And for, you know, Mel Kuyper has him taking an offensive lineman. That's clearly going to help your quarterback. But I don't know if he's got enough leash there in Carolina to say, yeah, we'll pass on a quarterback here at number six. We're fine. Or if they, as an entire organization, get a little bit stressed out and say, no, let's get our quarterback now. I feel like with Matt Rule, though, if he does make a pick at quarterback, it's just going to be, I got to save my ass type of pick. And oh, not yeah. a, I, I definitely not a, so. I want this guy. <laughs> right. But that, that's why I think they could reach and take a quarterback. It's and like, I, oh, fuck. I, I, I want to take Matt Corral, but like. We need a quarterback for the future, so let's try to make one. And I hate when coaches get in that situation because then it's just like I'm trying to save my job instead of let's just continue to build the team. And after you move on from me, you still have solid pieces. So if that means taking an offensive lineman to build that and give whoever your quarterback is just a little half a second more time to think and process the defense to get the ball to the playmakers that you have, then get the offensive lineman and not just take a quarterback and go, I hope this kid fucking figures it out. Mm -hmm. Because if you do take a Malik Willis here and it's only just to save your job, that's kind of unfair to Malik Willis too. 
because then he's going in a situation where it's just like, be good, be good, be good. And I know it's going to be any situation you go in. Does it make sense what I'm trying to say, though? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the, who was the other team last year that's like, oh, they're, oh the Bears. <laughs> like, they landed with Justin Fields. Yeah. But it was very clear of like, hey, I have to take a quarterback to try to save my job. He might not be the guy we want. He might not be the position that we even want to draft right now. But ownership's telling me I got to take a quarterback. Yeah, and to them, I think that was probably their best idea. Yeah, because like, this year might be a little different. If ownership yeah. is saying, "Hey, you've got to take a quarterback. You got to win next year with a rookie quarterback and show us that you deserve this spot," if you're doing that with Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, I'm not feeling too good about my future. I also feel like if you're ownership and you're saying that to a coach, like you got to win next year with the rookie quarterback, you're kind of a dumbass owner. Because how many yeah. teams are truly winning with a rookie quarterback? Yeah, not many. Yeah, I mean, and I'm talking like true success, making a run, like winning the division, playoffs. Playoffs? Every time I say playoffs are here, I think of that. But even like with Justin Herbert, he had such a good rookie year, but he wasn't able to save uh, the head coach's job. I don't, can't think of his name. What situation, sorry? The Chargers with Justin Herbert. Came in, played phenomenal Anthony as, Lynn. A freshman, as a rookie. But yeah. head coach still gets fired. Anthony Lynn. Yeah, gone. See you. Even, like, give him another year. I don't know what the Chargers would have done with Anthony Lynn this year. He got fired from freaking Detroit. Yeah. I like um, their current head coach, Staley. Yeah, I did I too. do wonder what would have happened with another year with Anthony Lynn. I kind of felt bad he got canned. Even yeah. in Detroit, it's like, you're getting canned in Detroit. Like, dude, I bet he was like, thank God he got canned in Detroit. Get me out of this godforsaken city and this freaking uh-huh. – hellish franchise trying to find my way to miami (laughs) (laughs) i spent a couple years with the chargers in la and now you're gonna send me to detroit no hell no (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um, as we speak about quarterbacks and mock drafting uh, howie roseman came out today and said jalen hurts has earned the starting job for 2022 what an idiot you think so dude i i like jalen hurts he improved this year but like at some point i just kind of look at it and was like how much longer are you going to wait on this guy to develop? Yeah. I mean, he was he's a five, fifth-year senior. Went from Alabama to Oklahoma. He did improve passing there. He made some plays this year for the Eagles. But at the same time, it's like, do you really think you're going to win a Super Bowl with this guy? Do you think you're going to win the division with this guy? You had to change your offensive game plan in the middle of the year to run the ball and become a run-heavy team because the fan base was influencing the coaching staff so much on what they needed to do. And once he's they started running – and once they started running the ball, they became a little bit more of an efficient offense. But then when it came time for them to have to pass the ball, that offense fell apart. Now, how much blame we want to put on Jalen Hurts or that receiving core not being reliable either, maybe that can be a discussion for another time. But, like, yeah. looking at Jalen Hurts, I just I, I get it. Like, yeah, he earned the job for next year. But I don't think that means you just stop scouting quarterbacks this year in the draft. If you can get one to fall to you again in the second round, maybe you take a reach on that. I, I think You've also done it part once. of it is, though, looking at this class and, like, there's no one better than Jalen Hurts. I think that's fair. So, like, yeah, we're sticking with him for another year. I also think you should give a quarterback at least three years to prove what he has. And, like, three years in the league, not like, oh, three years as a starter. Three years in the league, if he's not showing improvement, then, yeah, move on from him. But, like, to look at a guy in his first year starting with a first-year head coach and then just say, nope, moving on from him. To me, it reminds me of Drew Brees early on in his career. Where like That's, yeah. You didn't give him time to develop. Then you go and you take Phillip Rivers, which obviously was a good pick. 
Like, what could have happened if you would have surrounded Drew Brees with a little more talent? Been a little bit more patient with him. Or like Tua. You don't want to move on from Tua right now because there's still potential there. And nobody in this draft class is better than him. Or even like uh, Lamar Jackson after his first year. Like, oh, well, it doesn't really look like he can throw the ball. Let's move on from him. Psych, he's an MVP. And I think the way the NFL is going, that I think throwing the football is going to be so overrated in the next couple of years. To where I think it's going to be more of a college-type system where there are guys that can go out and win you games, and they are going to be shitty at throwing the ball. Jalen Hurts might be one of those guys. So you think at some point the NFL is going to get to that, to where you're not necessarily relying on the quarterback? Yeah, just because that's the product they're being fed from college football. Man, that's going to be tough to watch. Oh, I think it's going to be beautiful. I, I want it to happen. You love running. You love running, though. But there's nothing more exciting than watching Lamar Jackson run the ball. I don't think so. Fuck. Watching Bing Ben drop in a 50-yard bomb in the oh, corner no. of the end zone. I doubt. Boner alert. No. Russell Wilson up over the top right in the breadbasket to DK Metcalf down the field. Or Tyler Lockett in the corner that, of the end zone. This is just a difference of opinion that you're oh, watching. Oh, man. I watching just... Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and, again, I'm just going with the first one you said, watching Big Ben throw a 50-yard dart. Oh, I mean, I'd like a Compared big... to Lamar Jackson, like, running the ball against the Bengals. I feel like Lamar Jackson, yes, is a great runner. But at the same time, I feel like when you're running, I am just waiting for a linebacker to come off the screen in the middle of your spin move and knock you the fuck out. Yeah, but I think the NFL is going to protect quarterbacks even more. In the open field? Oh, yeah. I'm going to hate that. I'm going to hate If you start like just like don't hit them that hard in the open field and then we see a quarterback go, I'm not going down easy, that's going to really piss me off. Like the Kenny Pickett slide thing? Yeah. Or like even with Josh Allen. Like I would rather see Josh Allen run the ball than watch Now, him it's exciting watching him run the football, yes, but I also love seeing him roll out to the right and throw a dart across the other side. Like what Trey Lance did with San Francisco. I mean, the fact that he took that bootleg all the way to the right, throws opposite hash down the field, 40 yards on a line, flattens out the route for Debo to catch the ball and then get upfield to score, that's fucking amazing. That's the stuff that gets you going. I love. I watched that play probably fifty times. I'm not even exaggerating. Every like every offensive lineman, where the defense go, what he was seeing, like the steps that he took on his that's rollout, like, how he planted and I launched it. I just like I love football it. more than the NFL. You that's can have what the college, best athlete on the field play quarterback, and like he can torch a defense. Yeah, that's cool for a little bit, but then it's like once you go to guys who are also on the same build speed. A team around that. Yeah, I just like to see it. I don't have to worry about it. Give me a guy for five years that can light up the league, and then he's gone. That's what I loved about the NFL over college. Is like it's more balanced playing field. Like you're yeah. not going to like it's hard to have a quarterback who can take over the game with his legs, and that's been the beautiful thing about Lamar Jackson. And I don't know if Jalen Hurts has necessarily taken over a game with just his legs, but yeah, like but just for like the excitement factor of it. Would you rather watch Cam Newton or Ben Roethlisberger? Like, not this year, obviously. Yeah. Let's fast forward five years ago. In their prime? Yeah, like watching Cam Newton play football where he might run over a linebacker or watching Big Ben just stand there in the pocket and sling it. Big Ben. I feel, I like, that is, I feel like that is so much harder to do. Oh, really? Big Ben is six. Or, <clears throat> oh, they're both huge, massive human beings. Uh-huh. 
But like I, I watched it. I think it was last night or this morning. Like I mean, I can't say you're wrong. It's probably another another twenty times it. of like seeing Big Ben throw that pass in the Super Bowl in the corner to San Antonio Holmes, and I was like, you got that over three defenders, but down quick enough to where only San Antonio Holmes could catch it. And then that play happens, and it's like I also look at Cam Newton running over a linebacker that he's three inches taller than and probably weighs 20 pounds more than two. Like watching Mike Vick run in the NFL. For so the that time. was beautiful. That, like, I don't know why. To me, Mike, I don't know if it's just because the stories that I hear, the fact that he just dominated a video game when I was a kid growing up, I thought that was awesome. But then I could also watch him roll out with the Eagles and start a football game with a 60-yard bomb. Another boner alert. You really watching like a watching football, throw the football. Watching a football fly through the air just brings me joy. Noted. Yeah. Like that pass from Mahomes to Brian to, uh, Pringle, uh, the over the top. I saw it from another angle where you can see how tight the football is spinning in the spiral. And I was like, that is cool. I almost wanted to just screenshot it and make That's it my screensaver. That's why you like uh, Matt Stafford so much. Nobody throws a prettier ball than Matt Stafford. Yeah. It. Sometimes I mean, people used to say the same thing about Sam Bradford, and it was like I went and watched him throw football, and I was like, that's a pretty ball flying through the air. <laughs> don't you freaking – don't be nasty. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Yeah, I, I, do, I love watching I feel like the game. running game just gets boring after a while. Like it's just like, oh, there's another three-yard gang. Now, when it explodes and it's successful, that's fun. Because like, then know, you see the true speed say, come out, but it's like – I want to see the speed the whole time. Like people that see the game differently, that watch it differently. I love watching running game. Really? Yeah. It just puts me to sleep. Like if you see it done successfully. Like clearly, yeah, there are teams that's like, why are you still running the football? You're not good at it. But like the Browns play. Uh, when they played the Steelers in week 17 and I needed Nick Chubb to go off, just run the football. <laughs> Why are you trying to make it happen with Baker Mayfield? You just need to run the ball. And when they do it successfully, it's beautiful. Like, it gets me going. This pass right there on the screen that we just saw from Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> beautiful. I think – I didn't see the pass. I think also a lot of throws from quarterbacks uh, get overrated. It's a give or take. Some of it is like that receiver made the play for you. Uh, who was it that had a throw – um, Jimmy the, Garoppolo. No, at the end of the season, I don't. Maybe it was Garoppolo. It was last week. Garoppolo made a throw to Debo Samuel that was about five yards behind him. No, in not between coverage. But everybody was like, "Oh, Jimmy G." But no, that's Debo Samuel, one hundred percent. That yeah, I know what play you're talking about there. I'm, it's a pass where it just went right over the defender's head, and it was like if you see the defender's back, your receiver's open. And I mean, it perfectly went over the defender's helmet, and then went right into the receiver's arms. I cannot remember who made the throw, but I thought that was impressive because it's like if I know if I try to make that throw. I'm sailing it, and it's getting picked off pick six. That's probably where we're different because I watch it, and I'm like, yeah, I know I can make that throw. Fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm not the one that thinks I can throw for four yards in the NFL. I know I can. Could. <laughs> would. I know you can also go to Club 609, take a look at that great happy hour that they have, starting at 2 o'clock, running until 8 o'clock, two-for-one drink specials, where they actually bring you two drinks for the price of one. It's a phenomenal deal. They also have uh, some beer specials, $2 draft pours in there. Make sure you go in and check them out. Tell them the boys at Mike Up sent you, and 
they'll just be as nice to you as they always are. Service can't get any better than it is in there. Oh, you're absolutely right about that. Another spot that would take real good care if you mention us going in there is downtown Loop, located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri, off First and Main. Mark Edder and the guys pride themselves on getting you in and out on the same business day, giving you the best customer service possible, taking care of your vehicle. And if it's something that they can't handle, they're going to send you to the right shop or someone who can because that's how much they care about you and the citizens of this area. They're great people. Also, they do specialize in tires and lube, but they are more than that. So for their full list of services, go to their website at downtownloop.com. Also, with them as well, it's not a matter if, it's a matter of when you're going to need your tire serviced, your oil changed. So go to Downtown Loop. Yeah, I got that one fired up too. I was going to say that one's a little longer. <laughs> that's, that's new. That's yeah, it's there though, and I enjoy it. Um, also, I enjoy playing the game. Would you rather? Um, just sports today. It's kind of kind of a different different uh, avenue for us. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this first one though is a good question. It's it's a little bit tricky, and I think I understand it right. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson to deal with right now? Not as your quarterback, not like we're choosing the rest mm-hmm. of your career. Which offseason would you rather deal with, Aaron Rodgers and the uncertainty of him being in Green Bay or Russell Wilson and the uncertainty of him being in Seattle? You want me to answer first? Sure. Russell Wilson. I feel like he would be so much easier to work with. And you would just have to get to a point to be like, hey, no hard feelings. Tell me what you want. Yeah. He's like, already tried to give you the list of like, hey, here are four reasonable Full spots. notebook on his ass. What do you want? Uh-huh. Uh huh. I agree with you. I think it's Russell Wilson, too. And I think that he would just be easier to work with, where he yeah. could be like, hey, here's my list. Try to get me to one of these teams. And then it's just like, a, is there anything we can do to keep you here? Mm-hmm. And be honest. If it's not, just tell me. If there is, let me know like what it is so we can try to work on it. And if we can't make it happen, then... We can at least say we tried and we'll part ways. We appreciate everything you've done here. You're going to be a legend in Seattle forever. Right. And I think he will be regardless, even if he moves on. He has done wonderful things for that community. Yep. Uh, I think with Aaron Rodgers, I, I really do think, and I, maybe it's just me kind of hoping, I think this is going to be very similar to Brett Favre. I think that after this season, the Packers might say, hey, actually, we do want to keep you. What can we do to keep you? And Aaron Rodgers says nothing. Either trade me or I'm retiring. I'm going to Hawaii again. Right. I'll see so you next month. He kind of keeps them in this limbo of, oh, if you don't trade me to the exact team I want, I'm just going to retire on you, and you get nothing in return for me. So that's that, that's not going to be good. Yeah. I hope it doesn't get to that because that's – I mean, that would suck for Green Bay fans. Like, dude, we went through, through this with again. Brett Favre, and I was like, now Aaron. Uh-huh. You're looking at Jordan Love like – just don't become a bitch. Like, yeah. Hey, you can't do this. Just put it in a contract <laughs> now. You cannot Brett Favre slash Aaron Rodgers off. I shouldn't have said the B word. I'm sorry. If, but good. just a, don't be a pain in the ass is really what it comes down to. Yeah. But I, so many people looked at Rodgers and like, oh, he won't do us like Brett Favre did. I think I'm also kind of rooting for those people to be wrong. <laughs> Again, I don't like Aaron Rodgers. You're just rooting for chaos at this point with Aaron Rodgers. I'm somehow – rooting for the Green Bay Packers and not Aaron Rodgers. That doesn't make any sense. Like, I want them to be good. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, I'm rooting for Jordan Love. Okay, that makes sense. I'm kind of rooting for him, too. I want to see it work out. It, it was kind of weird, like the like the 49ers last year in the draft. I'm not rooting for the 49ers. 
But I almost wanted them to take Mac Jones and Mac Jones be very good. So they had to sit with that and eat it of like, man, none of us wanted this guy. He's really good. But at the same time, I wanted the 49ers to be bad. <laughs> now they have Trey Lance. I like Trey Lance. Yeah. So I want Trey Lance to be good and the 49ers to be bad. I've done a real 180 on the 49ers over the past two years, by the way. Well, you wanted them to be good and now you don't? To where I used to like kind of like them. I think you just started to despise Shanahan for some reason. But what's crazy, I can think of three people that I'm pretty close to that are all very big 49er fans. I only know one. My brother, mm-hmm. Matt. I think he's a 49ers fan. Who knows anymore, honestly. Uh, previous co-host, Paige. Big 49ers fan. And another one of our friends, Jared, who lives in San Francisco, huge 49er fans. I literally love all three of those people. I fucking hate their team. Like, the majority of the rest of that fan base sucks. Huh. (laughs) I've never really had an issue with the 49ers. Man, they last year they were the team. Every draft cycle. I don't know who it's going to be this year. But it's been like the Browns one year, the Jets one the year. The fan base. I know why you're you're not a fan of the, the 49ers. We so can many... talk about it off air. But there's some individuals that probably ruin that for a lot of people. No, it's not just individuals, though. It's a it's a collective. Well, they all did gang it. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. I know where it stemmed from. Hopefully it's something, once we discuss it, it's like, ah, that's it. No, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's so much more. It's a bigger picture than that. Damn. It, I don't know. If, I think you saw it. The Bills guy on Twitter last night uh, mm-hmm. that came out and was like, hey, Chief fans, like, let's just remember, I'm rooting for the Bills. You root for the Chiefs. We're not rooting against each other. Like, beer's on me if you see me in Kansas City. Yeah. It kind of blew up. I don't think he's prepared to buy, like, 5,000 people a beer. <laughs> he's like, maybe if you just remind me because I'm going to be broke after But that this. is the way that it should be in yeah. sports. It's so stupid that people will be like, oh, you said something negative about my team. Now I have to hate it. Like you. it just gets so personal, and it's just uh-huh. why. Yeah. So I retweeted it. Good for that dude. Yeah. And I thought he, it was, he got kind of sucked into a huge conversation that went outside of what he was talking about. He's like, guys, like just. I kind of wanted to send him a message like, yo, dude, I'm sorry. I thought these guys would maybe untag you. I just don't think they're Twitter savvy and understand that that's a possibility. So yeah. you're now tied into this conversation. Well, hopefully, he figured out that like you can mute conversations. Like, yeah, I'm clearly yeah. not part of this anymore. But hopefully it did. Yeah. But it is. It's a good thing. Uh, both of us siding on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yep. Yeah. He's definitely going to uh, break up with you easier than Aaron Rodgers is. Uh, the next one, who would you rather draft a tackle or a pass rusher, number one? We kind of talked about this one already. I think For me, it, it, I would draft the tackle still. It really depends on the situation, like where your team's at and like what you need. I think this means specifically for the Jaguars this year. I would worry taking a tackle, and I know I argue the point of, like, why would you take a pass rush? You already have two. Like, just go after the tackle. But that's also if Evan Neal is a guaranteed lock as, like, a franchise tackle or whatever tackle is taken there. And I think I've only seen one tackle be taken number one that had some sort of success in the NFL and is on the team for more than one contract. Yeah. And for me with the Jaguars, I just look at it as you have to protect Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. You have some pretty good pass rushers. Don't Andrew Luck this kid. Yeah. So, like, take a swing. Maybe you miss on the tackle. Maybe you miss on the pass rusher, though. Yeah. Like, Jadavion Clowney never lived up to the hype. So, if you can take him versus. Was Jadavion Clowney, and this might sound silly or a silly question to ask, 
was he like highly regarded before the hit against Michigan? Yep. Okay. Uh, he was one of the. Was that guys just kind of like the cherry on top then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everybody knew he was going to be the first pick. Pretty much, I mean, he was the number one recruit coming out of high school. I think he might be one of the first guys that really got a lot of credit for being a high-profile recruit. To where it was, you know, he was a very high recruit. He was pretty good at South Carolina. Let's just go ahead and draft him first overall. Gotcha. Whereas now it's like stars don't matter, but they, they kind of do. <laughs> so many people get caught up in where you came into college that it kind of rides with you for a minute, and you can become a big-time prospect. Yeah. And so, but he was, he was a guy that everybody loved myself included when he was coming out, but he, I don't think that he lived up to the hype of being the number one prospect, like the surefire, not going to consider anyone else prospect. So for me and the Jaguars, I would take a chance and every pick is a chance. I don't care how good you think Aiden Hutchinson is or Kayvon Thibodeau. There's no guarantee that they're going to be good. So I would take a chance on a guy like Evan Neal or Iquanu out of North Carolina State or even uh, Cross out of Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. But I, for me, I really like Evan Neal. Will we and see I, Cross tomorrow? I think so. Okay. okay Evan Neal can play. Like, say you really like Walker Little and he emerges in year two and he's a great left tackle. Fantastic. Evan Neal can play right tackle as well. Mm-hmm. Or he could play guard even. Now, you don't want to take a guard with the number one overall pick. I was going to say, that would be a massive guard, first yeah, off. <laughs> but I think that like his floor as a prospect is a really good offensive lineman for years to come. Even if he does have to kick in and play a little bit of left guard. Oh, oh well. <laughs> I yeah. believe the Chiefs' highest paid offensive lineman is their left guard. Yep. So, I think we're seeing a little bit of a shift on. For right now, it is. <laughs> when you look like at the in Chief- Indianapolis, great offensive line. Quentin Nelson's their best offensive player. There's not <laughs> well, offensive lineman, not second best offensive player. Who's their first? Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I apologize, Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> for even asking that question. You Smack don't want myself to in think the face. You were Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I thought you were gonna. I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Hell no, absolutely. Not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm going with the tackle. There is that. You said tackle as well. Yeah. No, I said pass rusher. Yeah. Because a tackle, like I don't, I don't know how many tackles have hit that early in the draft. I feel like right. the guys that we really see become successful are kind of later in. Mm-hmm. It's same with the pass rush. And I'm, there's a possibility that I'm really wrong on that. But like same. I remember, like a Luke, Joe Echol, a Jake Matthews, like those guys coming out of Texas A&M and Michigan, and it was like, like Jake Long is another one. It was just like, did they really hit? Like, were they really foundation pieces? Yeah. Or was it kind of one of those deals where it was like, man, we missed again. Right. I think Jake Matthews, he's the one that, or Jake Long, he's the one that's from Michigan. Uh-huh. He was good. But Jake Matthews also. Was he Texas Michigan or was that Texas A&M? That's Joe Echol is A&M. Both of them. Okay. Yep. I talked and missed, there did was not hear your answer. There Texas A&M offensive lineman that was like, holy shit, another one? I think it was just those two. <laughs> there was a, a third one. I can't remember his name, though. Uh, but there was. There was a little bit of a run there. Uh, I remember it because it's like we can't get any of those guys in Austin, Texas, like, what's the deal? I'm not paying enough at the time. Uh, next one, I like this one a lot. Uh, would you rather be Pete Rose, who is banned from the Hall of Fame for sports betting, or Barry Bonds, who is not technically banned, but, like, he's not getting in for steroids? 
I I like this one because one of them, it's like he should be in the Hall of Fame. We know he was very good, but he just kind of gambled a little bit. So, like, what's it matter? Let him in. The other one, Barry Bonds, incredibly good, but he cheated and he used steroids. With Pete Rose's betting, was it on them losing or to win? Like, was he betting like, yeah, we're going to go win today? I think he was betting both ways, if I remember right. There were times where he were like, yep, Reds are going to lose. But I don't think he threw any games. He wasn't like, I'm going to go to the plate and strike out three times because I bet us to lose today. Yeah, it's like, ah. It was like me, like I said earlier in the week, I would go into games knowing, like, we're about to get our ass. <laughs> yeah. I think that Ben Roethlisberger, hey, we're 20-point underdogs. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. I'm, There's I'm 200 grand right there. <laughs> right? Like, I've watched the tape. I know, guys, like, we're going to lose. So I think that was maybe more the Pete Rose situation. Yeah. But Barry Bonds, one of the greatest hitters of all time. I would Pete be Rose Barry Bonds. Does have the hit, hit I want to be known for just hitting straight bombs, baby. Yeah. I think I would probably go with Bonds. What's that kid from the Little League World Series? Like, I hit dingers. Yeah. Bingo. That is me. Right. But everybody, like, is going to claim that you're a cheater. Name is Big Country, dog. I still like Barry Bonds. I, that would fit so well for a home run hitter. And now, coming up to the plate, <laughs> Big Country. What's the song on TikTok? Oh, what is it? Loud thunder, heavy rain. rain. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know to back up on it when that guy yeah, comes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, go ahead. Send the outfielders back. Doesn't matter because it's out of the ballpark. This, uh, last Would You Rather is a little bit of a real situation. Um, if you're the Nets, there's a lot of trade talk. Would you rather have Ben Simmons or James Harden? There's a lot of talk about uh, potential trade for each other in that situation. The Nets are stupid if they get rid of James Harden. You just lost freaking Kevin Durant. Yeah, and then you're gonna, for a while. And you're dealing with a mess of Kyrie Irving, who we've had on the rundown pretty much every day last week and this week, and then we never got into Figure out the situation on whether he can play or not in terms of because dealing with the fines that he's going to face is just insane. Just to prove a point that whatever, I don't want to really get into who Kyrie Irving is as a person. But if you have to deal with the situation of Kevin Durant being hurt, the fiasco of Kyrie Irving off the court and on the court before the court walking around with Sage, like that's just weird. He's just a freaking weirdo. James Harden is the only constant piece that you can rely on and can score and be some type of leader for your organization and team right now when you're supposed to be at the peak and you're not. I'm going to get crazy on you. I think they should trade James Harden for Ben Simmons. Why? Because you already have two really good scorers in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Durant will eventually get healthy, I think. I hope. I root for The MCL spring, yeah. And with the Kyrie Irving situation – there is a possibility that the Nets just start paying a fine where he plays every game. The fine has a maximum of $5,000 every game. Homie is making like $100,000 a game. What's another 5000 <laughs> So, like, just pay the fine. Kyrie Irving gets to play in Brooklyn. Yeah. So you have two really good scores. And then I think you can talk to Ben Simmons and be like, hey, don't even worry about those free throws. You are here to pass the ball rebound and play defense. I think the Nets become a better team if they have Ben Simmons. Who's the better player? James Harden. Who are they a better team with? I think Ben Simmons. And then, I mean, that helps. Fuck. 
It's right. Because then James Harden. A <laughs> <laughs> moment for you over there. And then for Philadelphia, blown. it's like, oh, wait, we have a guy that can score off the wing. Yeah. I, I, it's almost a win-win for both James teams. Harden's like, I don't got to go in the lane. I can just sit out here and one-hop, one-legged threes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Right? Yeah. Oh, wait, Joel Embiid's going to set a screen for me, and then we just run pick and roll all day? So, like, at first I thought I, I saw it, and I was like, that's stupid. James Harden's better. He is better. But the Nets might be better with Ben Simmons. Damn. And the length that they would have, yeah. Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons out there. And don't they have, like, they have LaMarcus Aldridge as well, and uh, Blake yeah. Griffin's still there. And you might, if you're the 76ers, you might have to throw in a couple other guys with it. But if, if you're the Nets, like, okay, we'll take uh, Thibel and Ben Simmons. You just became one of the best defensive teams in the league. Boy, you did, if you're the Nets. If you right, get Thibel and, and Simmons. That's, a, I think, a re- reasonable trade Yeah, for James Harden. So I don't know if it's going to happen, but. It's a much tougher question than I anticipated when I saw it at first. Yeah, I completely flipped. Yeah, because that's a one eighty flip that I just did in a split second there yeah, when you explained it, it that there, way. Like, why would you trade James Harden? Yeah, before well, we started the show, I was like, I'm just going to cancel this out. We're not getting to that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... actually, uh, it is a tough one. We'll put that one online for the people to discuss as well. But that's it for Big Country and I today. We thank you guys for sticking around with us, talking about the NFL Draft, which is something we will be doing a lot more. Uh, Also, maybe more basketball talk. Last night wasn't a great basketball night, but uh, we'll get into some more. I'm not ready to talk about the Blue Devils losing because I had to hear about it all night long. Hey, I'm sorry. I tried that. (laughs) I didn't think he was going to keep going in that conversation. And then I realized the time, and I was like, ah, Melo's asleep. And I I know if his phone's not on silent, he's just waking up again and again and again. After, like, the first two or three messages, I was like, this is fine. He's probably not done talking (laughs) shit. Then I had to go to that do not disturb. (laughs) This is not happening. Wakes up to 50 text messages. (laughs) Right. Uh, But we appreciate all of our sponsors. Again, special shout out to those guys at Mid-America RV uh, who are helping sponsor all of our travels this month. Uh, Also sponsoring your travels this month, Roper Kia. Go in there and mention us at Mic'd Up and they will give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. We will be back tomorrow right here on the call-in app. 10 a.m. Central Time. Uh, make sure you stick around for that one. You don't want to miss that tomorrow. Again, 10 a.m. right here in the call-in app. We thank you guys once again for joining us.